You are listening to Setting History Straight with Linda Watson on Hebrew Nation Radio. Today we have Adam Wicker, and Adam is going to be teaching um, about the flood, right? But not the flood that we normally think of. So, correct. Adam, turn it over to you. All right. Okay, so I want to cover today um, mainly going to be about this idea, this, this repeated concept idea in the scripture concerning the fall of Babylon, which is America, or at least it's, it's, a, it's a system and, a, and a, a number of people in America. And it talks about there being an, inter, an integral part of this uh, event is floods and earthquakes. And so I want to give kind of an introduction to that. There's tons of scriptures on this. Uh, we won't cover every single one of them today, although we might mention several more that are not even on the uh, presentation. But I want to start with, all right, so there's a concept uh, of, of floods, flooding happening and occurring in the Bible concerning the fall of Babylon, in times Babylon. I want to give an introduction to that, uh, a few scriptures. There's a lot more than what will be uh, put on the actual presentation today, but it, it is there is enough here to see the pattern and to at least get you thinking about how you might prepare and also to help us understand why Messiah gave us certain instructions. Now, I'll start off with uh, Messiah's instruction. This is actually Matthew 24, and I'm going to pull these three up. And then I, I don't have the other one up here, but there's another one that he mentions when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies know that the desolation is near, and then he instructs the people of Judea to flee to the mountains. And I believe that has everything to do with the flood and earthquakes. So right here he says, uh, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of war. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So he's telling us something here is that uh, this is what I take with it. Maybe I'm going to take too much, uh, make too much out of this, but I think this description in these, these three verses, for a lot of people, it's going to feel like and seem like it really is the end of the world. And I think he's making a point to say, these wars and rumors of wars, the nation rising its nation, kingdom against kingdom, the famines, pestilence, earthquakes, he's making a point to say, understand that this is not the end but it's only the beginning of sorrows. And I think another uh, version says the beginning of birth pains, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Is that, can somebody confirm that? Because I'm pretty sure it does say that in other versions. I don't, I have to go back and look at the Blue Letter Bible on this, but I'm pretty sure in some it says beginning of birth pains. Anyway, so Revelation 12, uh, I'll put one and two up here. And the reason I do is because I'm, some of this information is not just for this group, but also for anybody that might listen to it on YouTube or wherever. Reminding people that Revelation 12, 1 and 2 has occurred. Uh, and so that's why I always keep it on here to make sure people understand the relevance of this chapter. Uh, it's extremely relevant to us today. So there appeared a great one in heaven, one clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars, and she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pain 
to be delivered. And I've got that highlighted travailing in birth because that that is a key phrase that kind of, uh, it's like an ear tag or a dog whistle or some kind of or earmark or a dog whistle for other scriptures um, that talk uh, extensively about this concept of the woman travailing in birth. And so that, that this scripture actually belongs to a whole host of other scriptures all over the, all over the Bible that, that discuss this event. So to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. I'm not going to cover uh, all of that. All I want to really hit on is just for contextual purposes right here. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Now, I know a lot of us perhaps believe this is um, talking about you know, militaries, and I suppose it is. But I also want to posit that I think it could be literal as well. Um, and I, I want to talk a little more about, I know Joey had mentioned uh, one or two sessions ago about the, the world left behind. I agree with him completely that everybody should watch it. I, I, I kind of believe like it's the playbook of the enemy. Yeah, so that part of that portion uh, in the movie called The Flood, what's interesting about the movie is you don't actually really see a flood happen where these folks were at. Uh, particularly where they were at, you don't see a flood. Uh, but they call it The Flood, nonetheless. And, and then they show a bunch of uh, flamingos uh, showing up in uh, Long Island, uh, which is strange. And flamingos are native to Florida and Louisiana. So, um, I want to just just call that out that I actually think this portion of the story was trying to be represented kind of esoterically uh, in this movie. They didn't show it directly that there was a flood. They just called it a flood. And then they gave some kind of evidence that something's happened down in the southern states that's caused a flamingo to fly all the way up north. So just something to think about. I actually think it was probably... Um, you know, it was probably giving us a little bit of a snapshot of what they're going to try to do. So look, it says, though, that the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. I am positing that that's an earthquake, a very, very large earthquake. Uh, and the dragon was wroth with the woman, went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Okay, so here's the deal. I, I And somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I am taking from this passage that the dragon had every intention of being successful with his effort to send water as a flood after the woman. And the fact that it says that he's angry, that he ended up being angry as a result of his failure, uh, it, it infers that he wasn't prepared for the counter move by God. And then that's what I want people to grab here is that I'm not sure that the dragon whether he knows this is going to happen or not, the earthquake, it's the fact that it, it seems like to me it's going to circumvent or it's going to call, not circumvent, but it's going to cause, cause his effort to be uh, a failure. Um, what's also interesting about that movie, worth pointing out, they talk about, they call the chapter the flood, 
but there's no earthquakes in the scene whatsoever. There's no earthquakes or any mention of being uh, earthquakes happening in that particular scene in Long Island. So I I'm, I'm just pointing this out that the floodwaters is a move from the dragon. Anything talking about the flood, whether it's a, an army or it's a literal flood, it's from the dragon is the enemy. Now, now, no doubt God is allowing this to happen because we're going to see here in Scripture many times that he says he wants Israel and Babylon to understand that he was the one that instructed and directed and allowed these things to happen to us that are about to happen to us, of course. Jeremiah 50, uh, 22, sound of battle is in the land and of great destruction. How the hammer of the whole earth is cut asunder and broken. How has Babylon become a desolation among the nations? I put this in here because I want people to understand. It says battle is in the land and of great destruction. So the land is going to have a destruction, like there's going to be destruction of the land, and there's going to be battle in the land, like literal battle. Um, I, I, I don't know how we can get around that. Um, with, with these scriptures, and I just want people to be prepared for probably, I want people to be prepared for the worst case scenario, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Jeremiah 51, we're going to cover several scriptures here, I've got them up here on the top, I'll go ahead and pull them up. It said, and will send unto Babylon fanners that uh, shall fan her and shall empty her land for in the day of trouble, that's language that's given to Jacob, uh, Jacob's uh, time of Jacob's trouble. They shall be against her round about. So that's, that corresponds with what Messiah said in maybe it's Luke 21 and Matthew 24, that when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, know that her desolation is near. So round about going to be surrounded. Babylon has been a golden cup in the Lord's hands that made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. I've got that highlighted because we're going to look at Revelation 18. Um, a, a verse that corresponds to this. It gives a little bit of context to what, uh, why the nations are mad. What does it mean they drunken over wine? Says Babylon has suddenly fallen and destroyed. This is the other point I wanted to make: is that what comes upon this land, I believe, will happen swiftly, very suddenly. Um, even though, as watchmen, we see these things developing. Of course we do. But for the average person in this country, far as I can tell, it's going to come as a, a, a complete surprise. The, the, the flooding, the earthquake, the, the military coming in, it's really not going to be anything they're prepared for. O thou that dwellest upon many waters. This is another proof text uh, that Babylon uh, and the people of God are in the same place because I don't have it on here, but I may pull it up anyways after I'm done going through these slides. Um, it, one of the Psalms that we've covered uh, quite a bit concerning Kadesh, um, it talks about that the Lord dwells upon many waters, that the Lord sitteth upon the waters himself. Uh, so this is, this is kind of a clue that Babylon and, and Israel are, are the same location. I think that also means that he takes responsibility for, for the destruction that comes with hurricanes, tornadoes, whatever. And he says he rides on the head of the storms. And so that's to me is he could have passed that off for an angel to do, right? But he, he takes responsibility himself. 
for those things. And I, I just can't help because I've gone through so many hurricanes, I can't help but notice, you know, um, I believe that he's he is part of that. No, I, I would totally agree. Um, and that, and that's and really this language right here, I, I didn't intend to highlight this aspect of it, but you kind of see it in verse 14. You see him taking ownership a little bit, right? The Lord of hosts has sworn by himself, saying, Surely I will fill thee with men as with caterpillars, and they shall lift up a shout against thee. He says, I will fill thee with men, to your point, Linda. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, he says, I'm going to do it. It's like, like, I'm the one that's responsible for this. And so uh, in, in other places in this same chapter, it's either 50 or 51, he talks about the people, um, his people that are that escape. It says that we will, those of us who do escape, that we will declare to the other folks as it's happening that this is the the vengeance of the Lord. Um, I can't remember if it's in 50 or 51, but it's in one of the, those two chapters. I didn't put it up here, but just something else to point out. In fact, I would say all of you, go back and read these two chapters. I mean, there's more that talk about this, but these two go, I mean, it's, it's all it's talking about in both of these chapters. All right. The mighty men of Babylon have foreborn to fight. They have remained in their holds. Their might has failed. They become as women. They become as or became as women. They have burned her dwelling place. Her bars are broken. So I just look. Want also point out too that when the fighting starts, please don't make this mistake in thinking that that you know our military is is going to make this all go away and make short work of of our enemies. That's just not how that, I mean, they're going to make short work of us actually, but uh, it's just another scripture here to just really double down on, you know, look, people are not prepared for this. Even the mighty men are not prepared. The ones that, that are natural born fighters, they're not going to, they're not going to be prepared for this and their might and their, they're going to be fearful. Okay. So then he gives instruction here. That's why I included this one. My people go ye out of uh, the midst of her and deliver ye every man his soul from his, from the fierce thing of the Lord. Deliver yourself, right? And then, isn't that what it's in uh, Zechariah 2 as well? Yes. Uh, yeah, deliver thyself, yes. O daughter of Zion. So he, hey, this is a second witness. It is. Uh, and I think I might have another one in here. I can't remember or not but it says ye that have escaped the sword go away stand not still remember the lord afar off and let this one come into your mind mm -hmm. yep so be ready to run i mean this is what i tell folks there's another scripture i don't and somebody knows the reference please speak up and mention it but there's one where messiah says you will not run out of towns to run uh, to to flee to before my return or you know so that's something to think about. He says that. He says, you will not run out of places to run to. But the, the point I want to make there is that he's inferring, it, it's inferred and assumed that you will be running. <laughs> so. Yeah. And also says they will chase you with, with your chariots, that you'll run with your chariots. That's your, that's yeah. your cars. Right. Yeah, and so let's speak to that real quick, because there's a lot of thought that there's going to be an EMP of source, and maybe there will be at some point. I want to point out what that that movie revealed. If if you want to consider the movie anything, maybe you don't, but 
the movie revealed that it was they they hacked and shut down um the all the telecommunications all of it and uh they shut down the power but they didn't do it through an emp uh they that's well at least that's not how it well i'll say this there are people there are vehicles still driving in the in the scene and the and the folks that are out there in the remote areas of long island they they still have power so um just i don't know just something to think about i might be making too much out of it maybe that's not you know something we should take to heart but you know yeah so it's and it does mention chariots and of course we don't have chariots but we do have cars so we're going to be at least for a certain point of the time it does tell you I'm going to turn your candle off, so that's going to happen. Um, but for a certain period of time, the Father's going to allow it to stay open so people can run. Yes. Yes. So another one here, verse 55, he says, the great voice, uh, when her waves do roar like, uh, or he says, and destroyed out of her the great voice, when her waves do roar like the great waters, a noise of their voice is uttered. So here is this this imagery of again waves roaring. Messiah says this in in the end times uh, proclamations or prophecies as well. He says the uh, waves of the sea roaring. And now look, let me just say this too. Um, we know uh, that prophetically the waters. Linda, correct me if I'm wrong. The waters also represent the nation. Yeah, it, it, right. it represents the enemy coming in. And that's Isaiah 59, verse 19. He says that Mm -hmm. the flood, that's one aspect of the flood. One aspect of the flood is that that's your enemy coming into the land. And so then there's another aspect that you might get to, which is this flood of people coming across that border. Yeah, and it and it has to be right because because if they're going to have as many of them as the Bible lets uh, uh you know takes us to as far as like it describes like like a cloud right yeah. I mean they're going to have to dump a bunch of of people into the into the country probably to start stirring things up anyways I don't know maybe they're going to be sleeper cells I I don't know but. But yeah, I absolutely believe they're going to have tons of people already inside that are ready to go, ready to pounce on us. Uh, and I say I use pounce being specific with that because the other language that's used often, and it's in both Jeremiah 49, 50, and I don't know if it's in 51 here, but he, he, he likens it to, um, he likens it to um, a lion that, you know, they're coming in like a lion. Okay. Uh, last two verses of Jeremiah 51. Here it is, right? And it shall be when thou hast made an end of reading this book that thou shalt bind a, bind a stone to it and cast it into the midst of the Euphrates. And thou shalt say, so this is, by the way, this is a print that Jeremiah, after he wrote these prophecies, he said to this print, uh, you're going to take this to the king of Babylon and you're going to read him the, this book of 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 his faith and then this is what you're going to do after you're done reading it to him and so 63 and 64 is the instruction after he's done reading to the king what's about to happen to him i personally i think this print i think that this is a future tense thing that 
did not happen quite like this. Um, you know, with, with the Babylon of Antiquity, I think this is prophetically something that will happen. Maybe it'll happen next year. I don't know when. I don't know. But I know that I do think something like this will happen. Um, I'm kind of looking for it. But in any case, he says to bind, bind, a, bind it to a stone. Um, um, he says here, cast it into the midst of the Euphrates. And thou shalt say, thus shall Babylon sink. Now, why did he use the word sink? Again, it's just another uh, redundant idea about waters flooding. It says, and it shall not rise from the evil that I will bring upon her, and they shall be weary. Okay. I mentioned it earlier. Let's go ahead and throw up uh, a couple of verses that I wanted to point out. I didn't get to highlight it yet. Um, didn't get that far in. But, but look, at verse 21, he says again here. Mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall the great city of Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. So it's not unlike what we just read here. Shall bind it to a stone, cast it into the midst of the Euphrates, and thus shall thou say, Thus shall Babylon see. Y'all see this, right? You see this talking about the same, same event. Thus with violence shall the great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. I brought this one up because we mentioned earlier uh, that it said that the nations are mad because they drank of her wine. They drank her wine and they're mad about it. Well, right here, it says this. Um, for the merchants were the great men of the earth, and for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. Now, I think later in that same passage, I, I didn't put it up here, but I think later in the same passage, you have, uh, they talk about, this is why they're coming at us. This is why they're going to come at us. I want to point something out. Sorceries, pharmakia. That's what the word is. It's pharmakia. Okay? So, that word is, you know, take it or leave it. You know what pharmacy is. You know what pharmaceuticals are. You know what pharmakia means, right? It said that's a very specific word to use in the New Testament Greek to say, for by thy pharmakia were all nations deceived. I don't think it's too hard for us to see what that's talking about, right? Two-thirds of the world took that vaccine, didn't they? Yeah, I don't know how many, but that that's absolutely uh the reason why people today who have always trusted the doctors and they took their vaccines, they're very hesitant now to take even anything uh, as far as vaccines go because it just didn't work and it caused damage on top of that. And so, the, yeah, this is this is exactly what it's in reference to. It's I think it's really in reference to what happened with this pandemic. Mm hmm. It is. It is. I mean, look, there may have been versions of this in the past, but on the scale that we saw in 2020 through 2022, we've never seen anything on that scale. Like no, we haven't. No. Uh, in any case, regardless, um, it's, uh, it's pretty straightforward. Also, something else to point out, this is a proof text that Israel and Babylon are, you know, one in the same, or they're in the same place anyways, wheat and tares, because it says the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee, okay? The light of the candle shall shine no more at all in thee. That could have multiple meanings, but nonetheless, we're called to be the light of the world. 
the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride that's making reference to Messiah, his gospel, and the word of God, and of course, the people of God. And he's saying he's not going to be hurt anymore at all in you. If nothing so some, else happens, yeah. simply you're turning off the internet. And it, and it actually, yeah, and, and it's going to be more, more comprehensive than even that, because if you go back and read, he, he covers, he says, um, you're not going to hear the voice of the harpers, musicians, pipers, trumpeters, shall be heard no more at all in me, no craftsmen, you know, he goes on and on about it, right? Like, so, I mean, it's just none of it. All of it's getting shut down. And that, to me, is, that corresponds with the daily, getting shut down. Remember? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Linda, and, and so... Anyways, it's just something to think about. Okay, a couple more here, and then I'm going to show you some maps. Um, just some really strange maps that make you think, make you wonder about it. Isaiah 5, 14, um, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory and their molten and their pomp, and he that shall descend into it. I believe this corresponds to the earthquake. So the earthquake is not just to save uh, the woman from the flood. I actually believe the earthquake has a, another function, which is I think if hell is literally enlarging itself to bring in this absurd amount influx of people, uh, souls, whatever, it, it stands to reason that this text could be a, a literal text. Hell has enlarged herself. I have to imagine if hell was going to enlarge itself, there might be a little bit of shaking and trembling in the earth. Um, just something else to think about, right? Yes. Therefore, we're kindled against his people. Do you have some, um, the hills did tremble. Just wanted to highlight that. You see that. He lifts up an ensign to the nations from far. That's a whole other subject, what that is going on. I'm, 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 I'm not actually solid on what I think that is. I got ideas though. His unto them from the end of the earth and behold, they shall come with speed swiftly. So look, here's another, I wanted to put this up. It happened suddenly. You know, you're going to come into 2024 or 2020, whenever this thing happens, the year that you come into this thing happening, it's not going to seem like it's really a, a possible outcome. Things are going to develop breakneck speed. And that's what I wanted to point out is that just because it doesn't look like we could be invaded a month, two, three months from now, six months, eight months from now, doesn't mean the Bible lends itself to saying this is going to happen so suddenly. No one, uh, no one but my watchmen are going to see it coming. Yes. Right? So let me make a comment to that because, you know, the Daniel, when he said at the end of the book, he was he, he saw the vision and, and he just fainted. And so he was so overwhelmed and he was trying his hardest to figure out what was going on. And then the father said, well, you know, it ain't for you, Daniel. Uh, and so that means that entire book has to be re has to be fulfilled. Uh, the entire book of Daniel. Now, chapter five is real interesting because the people come to a point that was actually Belshazzar came to the point that he said, oh, the time's run out and see that proves that. Jeremiah's prophecy didn't occur. But remember, Jeremiah's prophecy did occur, but it happened right at midnight, which is which is really yeah. interesting. But it, it the whole thing is that chapter five may have to play into all this, that we may have the idea in mind that how how and when this happens, but the father may have a, a different time frame in mind. 
And so the people are going to think, well, you know, it didn't happen. So here we go again. It didn't happen. But then it's going to come on them suddenly. Yeah. And just like it says. Uh, I was also thinking that corresponds to when he says in Ezekiel and he talks about taking the, uh, you know, taking your bug out bag and leaving. Yeah. It's that same chapter. He says that when, when you're going to say, none of these things are coming to pass, none of them's coming to pass. And then all of a sudden, everything's going to happen. All of it. Right. <laughs> so uh, maybe that, maybe we can revisit that one later. All right. So what I, what else I wanted to point out in this uh, this section here Isaiah so look at verse 26 about middle of the screen here uh, come swiftly 27 none shall be weary or stumble among them I think that's interesting that they don't get tired they don't sleep uh, you know these folks don't rest so just whatever that means arrows are sharp their bows are bent the horse's hoofs shall be counted like flint and their wheels like a whirlwind. They're roaring. Here's that, that idea of the lion. Their roaring shall be like a lion. They shall roar like the young lions. Yea, they shall roar and lay hold of the prey and shall carry it away safe and none shall deliver it. So now he's comparing them to a lion, like I was telling you earlier. Now, here it is, verse 30. And in that day, they shall roar against them like the roaring of the sea. There it is, again. And if one look unto the land, behold, darkness and sorrow, and the light is darkened in the heavens thereof. That's a solar eclipse. You might also yes. say it's a lunar eclipse. It could be both, because we're getting both of those next year in the spring and in the fall. So let me pull, let me throw something else out there with this movie again. Uh, real Something really interesting happens in this movie, a scene that I wouldn't have thought that Obama and the likes of people like him would be privy to, but apparently they are. So they show this scene from the moon. They show this scene from the moon. So the um, there's a scene in this movie. I want y'all when you go when, if you go watch it. It's on Netflix. I think it's free. Go in there uh, and watch it. And there's a scene where they show. Um, from the moon's perspective, a solar eclipse, which from the Earth's perspective is a lunar eclipse. Now, set aside your cosmology, we know what they were trying to communicate in this movie, a lunar eclipse. And guess what? They had the sound of trumpets playing in the background in that entire scene. Wow. Trumpets blasting in the background while showing you a lunar eclipse from the moon's vantage point. And the very last scene of the movie showed 917 as a date september 17th which i think september 18th is when the lunar eclipse is next year yeah something else to think about right um i'm not going to get into the details on that i'm just saying that that right there is that's interesting and you should really think about what that could mean um i think we need to be looking up and looking at god's uh sun moon and stars to to see what kind of message he's trying to convey to us uh, next year for sure Next year is the year to pay attention to these things, if ever. Okay. It's, there's a pattern with these future maps of the U.S. And I Why do they think sure. that this is going to happen? Is it because they, of earthquakes? Uh, you know, interestingly, some of them say this is, you know, they're trying to have an explanation for this called climate change, right? But, yeah, uh, um, 
the new agers think that it's earthquakes and it's going to be major shifting on the, on, you know, the earth is going to do some major shifting for the new age. The golden age is what they call it. And I'm not, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to any of the stuff they believe, but, but I do think they are right in that we're going into a different age. Um, and I do think the earth is going to have some serious movement, but I want to go ahead and pull up one more scripture that I think is worth looking at in Jeremiah 50 that I just, I just, I'm going to pull it up in just a second. It's the very last verse of Jeremiah 50. And what he says in this verse is, it says here, at the noise of the taking of Babylon, the earth is moved and the cry is heard among the nations. At the noise of the taking of Babylon, the earth is moved. Do you remember there was a chapter in that movie called The Noise? It was right before the flood, as a matter of fact. I think it was the chapter three was called the noise, and then chapter four was the flood. So you have a noise, and then it says the earth is moved. And you also have uh, a flood that's associated, at least with that movie. I, I don't know. Like I think that's super, I think can't be a coincidence. At the, at the onset of this, at this war, I think, very early in the in the onset of this war, there's going to be a massive earthquake, and so yeah. scripture speaks to it everywhere. It speaks in Isaiah 24. It says that that the it's actually going to the earth is going to uh, reel like a drunkard, and yeah. it says it shakes to the foundations of the earth. It, it's going to be a tremendous earthquake, and yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's Linda. not the only place. It also tells you in another place that there's going to be an earthquake in this mist of the land, which is the center. That word for mist is center. So that's right square mm -hmm. in the middle of, really right where the Madrid uh, fault line occurs is in the middle of the earth. I mean, in the middle of the United States. So, I mean, it's very much possible. It doesn't take a lot of, of you know... Um, speculation to see that that's what scripture is saying mm -hmm. now i know there's a spiritual piece to this right uh, but there is a physical side that i think the father's going to actually do and he's going to do it for a reason linda oh yes Dan here now, do you not remember i sent you that video of that uh of that dream from 1937 where california goes into the ocean from a yes i yes. remember that i I do. And you're concerned about your daughter, you said? Yes, yeah, she's moved and, uh, there. I think, did she live there, right? In California? Yes, yeah, she did. Was it? She did. Some of you knew in California. Anyway, and it was this fellow had a, and this, this, the, it's a dream from 1937 where all of California goes into the ocean. And so that would say, that would, that would be why that part of the, of that map where you see the mountains are gone, that could be part why that goes underwater. Dan, and I can't remember. After he sent that video out, because the the, the 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 vision that this person had in 1937 it is it, it just exactly what's going to happen. I think is going to happen. Could possibly be. Uh, you know, so, uh, people have speculated over California falling falling into the Pacific Ocean for a long time. Yeah, I'll try, try to send it again. I, I remember before we started talking this Bible teaching day, the name of that of that person who had that vision, and I have lost it now. So, yeah, thank you for bringing that up.
Um, yeah, please and please uh, any more. Oh, just... Can I say one more thing about the uh, Madrid New Madrid uh, fault that runs up the Absolutely. Mississippi? Absolutely. Uh -huh. Okay, this is. I was going to send this out to you, Linda, but I thought I didn't want to scare you because. I read the last time we had this lunar eclipse and the eclipse that were happening is when the last major quake was. Yes, I know. I just read that this week. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I yeah, I have to look for that one again, but it was just saying it just it went right with the date, exactly the dates we've been talking for the last few sessions here. This last e lunar the eclipse is exactly exactly when that great earthquake was eight point one or something uh magnitude earthquake that hit your area there. Yeah. So and watch it like this. This movie is not a movie for your entertainment, folks. It's not. All right. It's not. It's not to entertain you at all. Uh, I think it's probably just telling us what's going to go down. I think he's thinking this is the way it's going to come down. But the father has his own plan. So stop, bits and pieces probably will happen. No, no doubt. Was bits yeah, it was just good to know. Yeah, it's the fact that so much of it lines up with scripture is yeah, what I makes know. me think worth it's worth paying attention to. Yeah, right. So y'all, um, you want to scroll down to that ver verse fifteen? I think it's fifteen in here. Sarah showed me this verse. I had already seen it, but I, I didn't, I didn't really make a connection. It said, the Lord shall utterly destroy the tongue of Egypt's sea. So, um, Adam, can you tell everybody what the tongue of the Egypt Egyptian sea is? Can you can you tell everybody what that means? Yes. And so, well, what we believe anyways at this point. So before I go into that, I want to just point something out that in Egypt, the, what we call Egypt today, the Nile, it, it doesn't have seven uh, rivers or streams that, that dump into it. To my understanding, there's only three, I think. So that's something to point out real quick is that the Nile uh, just doesn't work with this passage. What does work with this passage, though, is the Mississippi. Uh, and so we believe at this point, so the mouth of the Mississippi, most people would agree is, uh, you know, in the, in the Gulf, right? Uh, so the tongue a little bit further back, a little bit further back. And up and yeah, but so you know, the word tongue of a river that re remember that refers to, that's what I was going to ask you to talk about the rapid water where rivers come together. That's what it refers yeah. to. So the tongue is the smooth V of fast waters found at the head of rapids. So it's at the head of rapids where, where two or more, um, you know, two or more, uh, I guess, channels come together. And that's what, that's, that's the actual whitewater terminology of the tongue of a river. That's exactly what it is. Right. Yep, right here. So smooth V of fast waters found at the head of rapids. All right, you can keep going. Okay, so, you know, what it's basically saying here is that that the rap, the tongue is where the rivers come together. And the rivers all come together, if you look at that map, and Sarah shared this map with me this week, 
all those rivers are all right around that place where the X is on the crossing of the uh, of the two eclipses. The two eclipses will cross right at Carbondale. It crosses, that is the actual point that it crosses. That whole area is called Little Egypt. At the top, you have Cairo, which is an actual city. And then there's another city below that area, which is Memphis. And right at that point is the, the uh, Madrid fault line. So, and can y'all see that he says he shakes his hand over the river and he smites it, it, it in the seven streams and makes men go over dry shot. So water is going to be flowing um, either into the Mississippi or into these seven rivers. And I just think that's interesting that that is the actual point. And all of that comes together at that one place. You have, you have several rivers right in there. Then you have all yeah. of these rivers flowing into the Mississippi River. It's right the, at the point where this this um, this two eclipses. Yeah. Cross. Yep, the two eclipses. In fact, I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll um actually see where where it is. It, it's it's that X is right in Carbondale. Now I know Ray and Dennis, all of you are very familiar with that. And you can speak to this because y'all know that this whole area at that boot area of Illinois is called Little Egypt. I just can't get past that. And the fact that the father, why would he put an X right there? And, and by the way, that is where in the past where they had earthquakes, they happened right there in this country. In 1812, they had thousands of earthquakes at during that year. And that's exactly where it occurred. That's the same identical place it occurred. The, uh, the Ohio and the Mississippi River come together at uh, Cairo, Illinois. Wow. And that uh, Cairo, Illinois, is would be the very southern tip of the land of what you, you call Little Egypt. Now, wow. uh, now uh, Carbondale, where the uh, the crossing occurred, uh, the eclipse. That's a little. That's a little further. I don't know how far that is now. I'd have to look on a map. But that's a little further north from Cairo, where that crossing uh, occurs. But then the the earthquake that they had in 1811 was down in the Boot Hill. Of course, it covered a, a bigger, big area. But uh, the main fault line of that is is right down in. Uh, there's a town down there called New New Madrid, and uh, and that's that's down there in the Boot Hill of, uh, of Missouri. The the two rivers that come together is the Ohio and the Mississippi, but uh, you you've got you got the Wabash River that go, comes down that it divides Illinois and Indiana, and uh -huh. it comes that comes down, and then the the Ohio uh, the actually the Wabash is a lot smaller river river, and it dumps in and joins into the Ohio. And then the Ohio runs runs down, 
and it ends up uh, connecting with the Mississippi, like I say, the Mississippi River at Cairo, Illinois. But then on further south, the Boot Hill looks like a hill right there. Yeah. Uh, it's where the uh, most dangerous spot is of uh, the New Madrid fault line right So, there. you know, I just can't help but think that the father is talking about that specific point. And maybe, maybe it would just, you know, maybe, maybe not. But I mean, it's got to have some significance because it, it does say that the set that talks about those seven streams. So if you count, though, like you can count the Mississippi, the Missouri, the Illinois, the Wabash, the Ohio, the Tennessee, the I think even the Red River, the Arkansas River, they all add up together to make seven. One thing is for sure is that um, I, I am very sure that there's a there is a river that dumps into the Great Sea in Kadesh, and I'm very sure that Kadesh is Louisiana, and and New Orleans is like the like the capital of Kadesh. But, but in, anyway, that's I think that's very interesting. This because he says he shakes his hand there. With that, we're going to close and we're going to say blessings to all and good night. For more information about this broadcast, please visit our website at www.12tribehistory.com. That is the number 12, tribehistory.com, or email us at lwatson44 at cox.net with any questions or comments.